it's a grizzly. Should we get out of here? No. We're gonna watch and listen. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grizzly on the Hunt with Kentucky Bigfoot and Paranormal Investigations, LLC, with Don Widener. Uh, this is another edition brought to you by him, the co, uh, uh, the actual owner and founder. Welcome. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is going to be a great show. Hello, Missy. Welcome, Missy. I'm glad to see you on the show. I got a guest backstage, Mr. Murphy. Uh, let's welcome him to the show here. Mr. Murphy, welcome. How are you doing there? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Wonderful. So tell me all about yourself. Give me some history on you. Well, I'm from a little small town, um, southern Indiana. Um, Working a coal mine. That's where I met Don. Um, basically, man, I, I, uh, I've spent my whole life in the woods and hunting and, and always trekking around. And there was always things that just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Couldn't figure out why things would be that way in the woods uh you know nature didn't explain it and um then i met don and he's like well i know exactly what's causing that so here i am yeah so ladies and gentlemen uh he is actually uh with that organization uh don widener uh with uh western bigfoot paranormal investigation llc uh, and, and the reason I'm looking to my right is I'm using another screen is uh, I monitor the traffic and everything to make sure I don't have any technical difficulties. Uh, he is my sponsor. Uh, thank you very much. I thank the world of him. And, and uh, Mr. Murphy is one of his teammates. So I didn't know you worked in a coal mine. Now, that's something is I cannot do. So that is interesting. So. When when was it that you first got interested into Bigfoot in the paranormal world? Honestly, it, like I said, um, I, I knew things didn't add up, you know, in the woods, but I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know what could be causing it. And it's been very recent that I met Don and, and he started, you know, explaining it to me and, and I went in the woods with him and he's pointing things out. And I'm going, well, well, that makes more sense, you know, um, just just trees you know, halfway up and, and broke and then twisted, you know, a straight line wind ain't going to grab it and twist it and sit it and not touch anything around it. You know, and I never could under, understand things like that. And so he started pointing it out to me and I was like, well, okay, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. So noticing signs like that, right? Because a lot of people, when they walk in the woods, you know, that don't know signs, they don't think nothing of it. And when you're looking six, seven feet up in the air, you know, a lot of people don't look that far up. They look down on the ground or they look in front of them, right? But when you start right. seeing things that uh, a man or a human being cannot take a tree and literally twist it and bend it, you know, explain that to me, right? There's, there's no way. It, I mean, we don't have the strength. Now, the picture, ladies and gentlemen, that I have of him in the ad shows him being muscular. And are you a boxer, an MMA or something? Or um, I do like uh, strongman competitions and weightlifting, powerlifting, things like that. Okay. All right. So now. I, I, fought, I fought MMA when I was fresh out of high school, but, you know, things get brittle with age. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Facebook user. Hey, y'all. So, now, if he cannot bend a tree, ladies and gentlemen, so what does that tell you? Uh, so, with that, I mean, what do you think about Sasquatch Bigfoot? I mean, what are your thoughts on the creature? Uh, my knowledge is, is still very limited. You know, I'm learning as I go. Um, you know, I, I knew there had to be something... That, that I didn't know about, you know, um, I've, I've always heard stories and stuff, and, you know, as a kid, you know, they're, they're funny stories and people in gorilla suits and, and stuff like that, you know, but 
um, spending some time in the woods with, with Don, um, you know, it makes more sense, you know, like, um, I went with him and, and he was showing me, you know, how he tracks and stuff and following the ridge line and, and looking for these markers and stuff. And, you know, the first thing I said to him is, well, this ain't a whole lot different than tracking a deer. They stay on the high ground and, and, you know, follow the ridge line so they can see around them. And, and it, it makes more sense when you put it in that kind of, um, mind frame, you know, it's, it's just like any other animal trying to survive and, and stay hidden and away from danger, you know? No, you're absolutely right. And, and I agree with you on that. Uh, now Don is grizzly approved. Uh, he is a very professional, uh, investigator. And when I say grizzly approved, uh, he does his, his investigations professionally. And that's why I say that. Uh, he does not go out there and say, oh, look, uh, here's a tree. It's Bigfoot. Bigfoot did it. You know, he, he actually looks at things, studies things. Uh, he inspects things and he debunks things, right? He looks at things at different angles. That's one of the things I always adore about him is that he always, you know, tries to think about other possibilities, you know, because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people that are into the Bigfoot realm, you know, everything they see is Bigfoot related. Bigfoot did this. Bigfoot was here. And that's not the case, unfortunately. Now, when you say like deer, you know, hunting like deer, tracking like deer, how do you feel when you're like tracking one of these? What goes through your mind? You know, what is your thought process? You know, when, when you're working with him and you're and you're trying to follow one of these creatures. Honestly, the first thing that crossed my mind was how can something big enough to twist these trees in half that are, you know, six inches in diameter that I'd have a hard time lifting so hard to find? You know, how can they be that well hidden? And that, I think that's what amazes me the most. And to think that you'd, you'd never you'd never see one coming. You know, uh, being that big and that strong and you, I mean, it's just, they're so hard to find. It, it just, it baffles my mind to think that they can, they can hide that well. Well, and you're right. And now I assume that you are a deer hunter or was a deer hunter. Am I correct? Hey, Crazy Witch, welcome to the show. So are you a deer hunter or anything? I've I've hunted just about anything, um, okay. you know, native around here, southern Indiana. You know, deer, turkey, uh, duck, squirrel, rabbit. Okay. Coyote. So. So you know as well as I know, I used to be a previous deer hunter, and you know that being a deer hunter, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be out in the woods and you'll be sitting there and you'll be watching, and you will not see anything or hear anything. And all of a sudden, you look up, and there will be that good-sized doe or that buck 60 yards in front of you out of nowhere. And you're like, where did it come from? I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it step on those leaves. I didn't hear it come down that ridge. How in the world did it come in front of me and stand there? Now, imagine something that big walking through the woods, walking on sticks, branches, leaves, whatever, Yes, how can they move? That has always amazed me. And how they can camouflage themselves and just like mysteriously disappear in the woods. I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, isn't that interesting? Well, well I mean, for instance, I wear a size 15 shoe. Oh, my and, gosh. You know, we, I was with Dawn and he showed me the outline of a footprint that we found. And, and it had to, been, had to have been at least six inches longer than my shoe. And I don't have a little foot. So when you think about that, I mean, I can't walk through the woods without stepping on sticks and sounding like a, you know, elephant crashing through the woods. You know, I feel like I'd sound like I'm knocking trees down when I go through. It just baffles me to think that something with a, you know, three foot long foot it hitting crunching sticks. You know what I mean? Why fifteen? I mean, do you have to have your shoes special ordered? I mean, not trying to be funny or anything. You usually. <laughs> Usually I go in and find out what they've got in a 15 or can get in a 15. And then that, that's what I pick, pick from. I don't, I don't really get to pick what style I want. I pick what they got. Wow. 
So, yeah. So that, ladies and gentlemen, that is huge. I wear a 10 and a half wide, okay? So uh, one of the things, Mr. Murphy, I always tell people, and everybody that's listening out there, Crazy Witch, Missy, and everybody out there in, in Facebook land, is uh, anytime that you come across uh, a, a track on a, on a Bigfoot, right? Just like you said, a 15-inch uh, foot or size shoe. I mean, that's, that's, that's huge, you know, for a man. I mean, how tall are you, just roughly? I'm right at 6'4". So you, you are a large-sized guy, okay? So I'm not going to, you know, say anything about that. So you, are, so you can be a large reenactment. Now, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we do have little Johnny drunk in the middle of the woods in an ape suit causing havoc in hell, like I said, running around, you know, playing jokes on people. Yes, you know, that happens. We have everything, you know, uh, we do have the fakes. We do have the, the posters and all that. Okay, but put that to the side. But when you're out in the middle of nowhere, like Mr. Murphy and Don is, and you're picking up these tracks, and you're getting, you know, something that's bigger than his size 15, you know, boot size. So the estimation to try to figure out how tall a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot is, uh, the formula that we share is, is every two inches, okay, every two inches is one foot estimation on the height of the animal. So that's a simple calculation that you can keep in the back of your mind. So if you measure that footprint out, so every two inches is one foot approximately how tall that creature is. So that can help you determine how tall that animal is that you're tracking. So that would help you out. I don't know if you ever heard of that or not. I hadn't, but I can tell you that based on the one that we found, it had to have been somewhere between 11 and 13 feet then. Yeah. It was, it was every bit of two feet long. Yeah. So uh, usually, Mr. Murphy, uh, if, if people are at home, and it always, it always works, and uh, uh, usually people will jump up and they'll be like, what? And they'll get their aluminum tape measure out and, and they'll take off their shoes and measure their feet. They're like, damn, there is almost exactly how tall I am. So it's just an estimation. You know, it's a good resourceful tool to go by. Now, when you're tracking these things, right, you know, these creatures, whatever you want to call them, what do you think if you come across one? Have you ever thought of that? Well, I, I know I know what Don told me. <laughs> he he turned around and pretend you didn't see it. <laughs> uh, I, I I think at that at that point, you know, self preservation is going to come into play. Uh, I I don't know. I never been one to think that far ahead. You got to see me on a dirt bike. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm more all about the adventure and we'll worry about the consequences when we come to them, I guess. Well, being that tall, you know, I mean, it seems like you're, you're a good size fella. So I don't think too much scares you, but I scare easy. Okay. Now when I go out in the woods, uh, when I hear a, a stick, a stick break, yes, I freeze. And I'm like, what was that? Everybody stand still. Let's listen. Right. Because, you know, yeah, it can be a deer. It can be a raccoon. You know, who knows what it can be. It can be a possum, for all I know. But, you know, I'm always on edge because I never know. Because these things are so stealthy. And when you're out there, they know that 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 you're out there. You know, uh, the eye shine. Have you witnessed any of the eye shine yet or seen any of that? I haven't got to yet. Uh, that's it's on my to-do list now. I've seen some evidence that that Don's collected. You know, he showed me pictures and videos, um, and and I haven't. But hopefully, I'm going to get to go with him and actually see that in person very soon. Um, like I said, I, I, I work at that mine, so getting time off. You know, coal miners we work you know five six days a week, twelve hour shifts. So yeah, you know, that's a lot of hours. It's getting away is the problem, but hopefully very soon, you know, um, 
maybe use a little PTO time and, and be able to get out there. Um, we we found a lot of really good sign very close to my house. Really? Um, yeah, I've got about 2,800 acres of government-owned uh, ground around me, like public wow. forest. And it, it just in, in splotches all just within a few miles of me. Um, and I've, I've got, you know, razor side by side. And I, I put Don in it and I was taking him, showing him around. And, and we, we found stuff that even he was like, oh, oh, my gosh, man. You know, why didn't you tell me? I was like, well, I didn't know. You know, I, I knew something was up. I wanted to get you out here. And he, he's like, man, he's, he's like, I've never seen this much activity in one area before. Wow. Uh, and it's just, I mean, there's there's places where you can literally go miles in where, where there's been no human traffic in years and and find, you know, piles of boulders that, that I couldn't lift with a friend. You know, I, me and another guy my size couldn't pick these up and there's 20 of them stacked up in a pyramid, you know, six feet tall and, and 10 feet at the base stacked that up in a pile. Crazy. Yeah, and, and I mean, the, no less than than four or five hundred pounds of rock. I mean, boulders, and um, you know, stuff like that. And and there's been there, there's well, there's no hiking markers to find your way out. There's there's no human footprints. There's there's been nobody back there. There's no trails, um, other than than ones that's been made, you know, in nature. Um, follow deer trails and stuff like that and right. nobody's been back there and you can't i mean i how are you going to take how, how is nature going to take one tree and bend it completely over move it to the side to miss the limb on another tree and tuck it up underneath of it to hold it there and make a loop it just doesn't make any sense to me uh, right just right. things like that you, know, you, you see these trees or um, several several trees, and I'm talking eight inch diameter and thirty feet long, laid up against one limb on a tree, but there's no stumps or roots anywhere near them on the ground. They've been stacked there. Right. I can't lift. I can't lift them, and I can lift more than most humans. I mean, I'm pretty pretty high up in the in the food chain of strength amongst you know oh, people of I've course, ever met. of course i've and, seen pictures of you i i couldn't begin to do these kind of things um so i you know just just stuff like that and, and we were out there walking and and sure enough you know just like i was saying we was following this ridge line and they're just marker after marker like they like they were just walking the ridge line and just just twisting the trees over you know and and um Almost like if me and you was walking and just took a sapling and snapped the top of it, you know, to, to mark our way back out. It's what it looked like. But it was eight feet in the air and four inches, four inches diameter, just, just snapped like nothing. See, that's crazy. That that is crazy. Now, now the, the rocks, the boulders, that that's amazing, right? Uh, because right. I hear a lot of stories from people that I interview that they will go out in the woods and lo and behold, out of nowhere, there's no rocks and there will be a pile of rocks. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when I say a pile of rocks, I'm not just saying stones tossed about in, in, in an area. I'm talking stacked, you know, neatly placed or neatly arranged. So to hear what you're saying is very interesting. And, you know, I mean, what are your thoughts about their intelligence? That's interesting to me as well. Well, it's based on what I've seen, they're they're obviously not dumb. So so like the way Don was explaining it to me, so they will walk along where the water will run down a ridge naturally, knowing that if they walk that that the next time it rains, the water will wash their footprints away and there's no evidence of them being there. Now, something that can't think and, and derive problem solving isn't going to be able to know to use that to cover his tracks. You, you know what I mean? Like, like they're, they're obviously very intelligent. Um, 
they, they know how to be stealthy. They, it's kind of like, um, best way I can think to explain it. So, um, say you've got somebody that's say a firearm specialist and they right. can take it apart and they can put it back together and, and probably do it a million times faster than I could because I'd have to watch a YouTube video to figure out how to do it. But you take that same guy and you put him at, at a mine site with me and I'll be able to run a dozer in circles around it. Right. Okay. The way, the way I see it is, you know, our communication is, is with words and, and maybe they can't do that, but they are experts of their craft and their craft is stealth and staying hidden. And, we, we can't comprehend the, the way that they go about that. You know, the it, it's hard for us to understand. I would never thought to walk, you know, down a natural waterway, down, down a ridge to, to you know, you know, make sense once I see it and I, and I think about it. But they're they're definitely masters of their craft. Yeah, I agree with you. Tess, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for joining. I greatly appreciate you. I miss you. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, I mean, there is some kind of intelligence to them. You know, one of the things that I'm always curious is about is their markers. What does their markers mean? What is that indicating? You know, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, what What do you mean? I, I guess like I didn't the tree understand. breaks, the markers are leaving, the tree bends, the the bending over the trees, the stones. Well, what do you think all that represents? I mean, what are your thoughts? I, I think a lot of it is either marking territory, or um, some of it may be, um, you know, a show of strength. Um, you know. Maybe showing dominance um, amongst themselves, or to keep outsiders away. Um, you know, like you said, it it, it works for you because because you see all this stuff and you're walking through and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what happens if I actually run into one of these? <laughs> you know, it's uh, I I think I think a lot of it is is um, the intimidation factor and the the show of dominance. Um, and, and I would say mating rituals as well. That is a good point. I never even thought about the mating rituals. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good spin on it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's a good aspect to look at it on. I really never really, you know, I had a chance to even thought about that. Uh, that is, uh, this time of year for a lot of animals out there in nature, uh, but uh, now Don has been searching for these creatures for a while. He's got a lot of good evidence. Uh, he knows what he's doing. But the, the amount of land that you have is incredible. And especially sounds like it's untouched. So that tells me that they're very comfortable where they're at and where they're living. So that's going to be interesting, uh, especially what you're seeing. And, and how far back are you going and seeing this activity? Well, honestly, we started seeing activity um, as close as 300 yards from the road. Um, wow. But we went as far, yeah, we, we went as far back in as um, probably two miles. Um, and there, there's a lot further to go. Now, granted, where where this is at from the road you can make about 10 steps into the woods and then you, you better know how to climb because there's there's rock faces and ridges and and it's dangerous immediately as you get into the woods um i mean it's it's rough terrain and the the first thing don said was oh my gosh this looks like kentucky are you sure we're still in indiana and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but but yeah he he said he he knew what he was likely to find before we ever pulled off the road and parked as soon as i mean headed out towards my house and he he was getting excited just driving through there just looking around it's like oh my goodness and uh you know it's uh, 
it, like I said, it's, a lot of it's really, really rough terrain. Um, you know, I, I've actually, I, I, two years ago, I shot a deer and this will just kind of give you an idea. I had to go about a hundred yards to get it to the road to where I could, I could get it out with my truck. Right. I had to go home and have a winch or anything. And I had to get, you know, the, the pulleys, you pull the deer up in the, in the right. rafters. With. Right. I had to get one of those and then I got a, a longer roll of rope. So I had about a hundred feet and I would have to strap this thing to a tree, run it down and get a hold of that deer and yank it up that hundred feet on that pulley, tie it off and then move the pulley again. I had to do that for a hundred yards to get it to the road because there wasn't no drag in it. I mean, it was all I could do to pull myself up the ridge holding on to trees. Yeah. Now, I actually done that before, uh, being in places, getting a deer out, uh, using uh, 200 foot of rope with the truck. And now, yeah. uh, so it's strange that you say that. It, not strange, but it's interesting. And the reason why I say that, ladies and gentlemen, it seems like from my investigations and my interviews and my interactions with people, Mr. Murphy, the harder it is to get to somewhere, right? To get in or to hike, walk, however you want to say it. Number one, human beings are lazy. They're not going to, they're not going to go the, the roughest way. Human beings are going to go the easiest way into the woods, right? The, the least pastor resistance. Okay. I'm one of them, okay? And every once in a while, I may take the rough, go through the thorns and down through the, the valleys and walk up. Who knows? You know, it depends on my mood and my bike. But when you do this, this is where it seems like you find where they're at, the activity, the glyphs, the structures, the signs, the clues. Where they're right. where they're where they're hanging out now. That's my experience, and this is what it sounds like. Where you're, you know, going to, and this is where you're finding all your uh, signs of activities and so forth. Well, so well, that and that's, that's the first thing Don said when I took him out there with me. He 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 was like, "Man, if you see, you couldn't do a night here, a night a night investigation here." until you learn the area because you'd end up at the bottom of a ridgeline every bone in your body broke, you know, and that's, it's really that rough. Like you, you've got to pay attention to what you're doing. Or, I mean, there's, there's places where if you got started moving and gravity took over, you're, you're not going to stop for 200 yards. You'll, you'll go right down, a, right down a cliff. Wow. You know? Wow. Uh, now, are there a lot of caves in that area or anything like that? Yes, yes, there are. There are a lot of caves. Um, actually, this area, I'm not far from like Blue Springs Caverns and um, uh, Marengo Cave, um, and there's a couple others um, that that are are famous caves that they they actually you know you can pay to go through and stuff, but there are tons and tons of cave networks around here that a lot of them haven't been explored um, right. some that have, you know and like i said the bigger ones have been commercialized but yeah they're they're all over this area i'm only about 30 miles from like Marengo cave and blue springs caverns yeah because uh about seven or eight years ago uh somebody went into a cave system in that area that you're talking about and got lost and there was a search and rescue they had to go out and find them uh, right. yeah. So I remember that. So I know, I know where you're talking about. Uh, yeah. So there are a lot of cave systems that are, uh, not meant for, uh, public to use. Uh, it's just interesting to ask that because, you know, there are some questions about correlations about, you know, Bigfoot and caves and so forth. Do they use them? And so you know, we don't know, but, you know, it, it seems like they can and there is a possibility. But the, the terrain. Other, go ahead. Based on, based on, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, but, but based on the ev other evidence that I've seen and the way that they seem to use the environment, um, I, I wouldn't think that they would have to have caves to survive. 
but I definitely believe that if they were available, they would be used. I, I, I would think it, it makes sense to me. Um, like I said, I don't know for sure, but based on the evidence that I've seen of the way they use their environment, you know, to their benefit in other ways, I, I can't imagine that, that if, if they had safe shelter, they wouldn't use it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this commercial with Mr. Murphy. We'll see you in a second. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another edition brought to you by Don Wilder with Western Bigfoot Paranormal Investigations, LLC. Welcome. We have uh, one of his uh, investigators here, uh, Mr. Murphy. Welcome back, sir. How are you doing? So oh, Crazy God. Witch says, uh, depends on what you're going in the woods for, what path you take. Well, Mr. Crazy Witch, uh, I go in different paths all the time. It, uh, it doesn't matter what I'm looking for. Uh, I seek anything, whether it's Bigfoot, Sasquatch, anything paranormal. Uh, if it goes bump in the night, I am there, just like Don and his group. Uh, but it's really interesting. Hello, John. Welcome back uh, to the show. Uh, glad to have you, John. Uh, I'm glad to see you. Hello again, everyone, he says. Welcome, welcome. But it's really interesting, though, because the terrain that you talk about is so fascinating because it's so different than the average terrain that a lot of people are accustomed to. And it sounds like that it's a section of terrain that the government owns, right? That's segregated from the rest of the community. And I know a lot of the area around Indiana. Uh, there are reasons why, but the area you're talking about, you know, it's not like the Indiana. A lot of people think of is it, the northern, the northern, or the farther north you go, the flatter it is. The south or southern you go, the more hillier and holler it is, like Kentucky, like Don says, right? You, you know, it does look like Kentucky, but it sounds like that area, the, all those thousands of acres are just segregated, and it's like a free for all, like it's just untouched, like people just don't go back there and do anything. Well, it's like you mentioned earlier. People are lazy. You know, me, I'm I'm curious. And it's lucky I'm not a cat, you know, but, but that's why I've seen a lot of it because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, you know, I've, you know, I've not always had a whole lot. And, and I've always, you know, when I was a kid, we had a little bit of woods, but I always wanted more. And, and, you know, to me, I'm, I'm looking at a map and I'm seeing these thousands of acres that nobody can tell me I can't go on. And so I'm a kid in a candy store. You know, I got to go check it out. And, and I'll spend, you know, hours and, and sometimes days, you know, out just, just exploring because nobody can tell me I can't. Right, but right. You know, I, I want to see what all there is. You know, I'm uh, just curious now what do you think about uh now my my friends over in indiana i'm sorry for bringing you up the dnr okay uh much love goes to you but what do you think about the dnr in indiana do you think they know i i think that 
unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are embarrassed to talk about things that they've seen because they're afraid of the ridicule and what people will think of them. And I think if you go and you ask these men about that, that's the kind of answers you're going to get is ones that they think are acceptable. But there is no way if, if they're not blind that they've been out very far in, in this area and not seeing things that they can't explain. Maybe they won't admit what, what it is and maybe they don't know what it is. Maybe they're like me and just, just don't know how to explain it, you know, um, before I met Don. But um, I would say that you're going to get comparable answers to what, what you would expect. Um, but I, I guarantee you they've seen things that they don't know how to explain. Now, I can tell you this, Mr. Murphy, because I know quite a few of them. I know some of them's retired by now. But, ladies and gentlemen, these people, the DNR in Indiana, now, I hate to say it, they are crazy. And when I say they are crazy, they will park their vehicle, their patrol truck, whatever they're in, on the side of the road, and they will just walk in the woods and just go. Yes, they will go. They don't care. Uh, I patrolled with one on the Ohio River, and he'd be like, look, there's a fisherman, and he'll run his boat above the shore and take off running after him just to, just to get him. And I'd be like in the middle of the mud holding the boat on the banks of the Ohio River waiting for him to come back, and he's like, I got him. I'm like, how did you see them? And, uh, I mean, they just show up in the middle of the woods out of nowhere, and it's, and it's, just, it's just crazy. Uh, I mean, I have hunters uh, that would tell me I'd be like so many miles in the woods in the tree stand. And I, I hear, hey, can I see your uh, deer tags and stuff? And they'll, they'll be like, how'd you know I was out? How'd you get out here? Man, we're everywhere. You just don't know where we're at. I mean, they show up everywhere. So do they know? Yeah. I mean, they got to know because they are out there in the woods, ladies and gentlemen. They do. I mean, they go places you do not think they go. I mean, it's wild. Uh, John, Grizzly is, I guess, another one of your conquests as a young man. You must admit you both look very similar. Uh, we was actually comparing beards before the show, right? What we, Mr. Murphy? We, so, we were. Yeah, I was I was thinking about dyeing my beard. So instead of being a little bit of gray right there, I was thinking about using that gray stuff, that gray uh, comb in where you wash it. But yes, we we was uh, actually uh, comparing beards. Uh, uh, crazy witch is one hundred percent grizzly. But yeah, uh, but no, but they do. The Indiana DNR are are some very brave men, and they do this alone. They do not go in partners. They actually yeah. go out in the woods by themselves. That's what's crazy. So you cannot there, tell me they do not see stuff. Um, we've got three main ones that are that just stay here in my area, and two of them I know are ex special special forces rangers. Um, so they they know their way around the woods. They know how to navigate. They you could drop them in the middle of nowhere, and they they will find their way back. They they are tough and they, you know, um, and, and they, they know, they know how to get around. And, and it's like you said, they're, they are, they're, they're, it's like you said, they, they go out far enough and, and are out there enough. They, they have to know. I, I don't know that you get one to admit it, but they, they have to know. Yeah. Now, uh, I know, uh, for a fact, that they have now i'm not saying indiana dnr so let me let me call that out now i know other states law enforcement agencies so i'm going to say that as in general ladies and gentlemen that they have code words for bigfoot and dogman okay whether they call it a bear or whatever they they can use a, a 10 code you know like a 10 10 code like indiana 10 10 used to be a fight uh 10 4 we all hear is okay you know, uh, 10-8, you know, I'm, I'm back in service, uh, you know, uh, whatever. State police had their own uh, signal codes and so forth. So, I mean, departments, you know, some people just went back to plain English. But you cannot say on the radio, dispatch, I saw Sasquatch run across the road and, and the civilian hit it. I mean, because all hell will break loose. Okay, so, yeah, so they have to say something. 
but it is. It, it's just amazing because I would love for somebody to come forward, especially a conservation officer or a DNR officer, and be like, Grizzly, Mr. Murphy, you would not believe what I've seen over the years being on the department. Yeah, I, wouldn't that be amazing for somebody to do that? You know, you know they got pictures. What's oh, that? I'd love, to, I'd love to hear the stories. Yeah, I mean, even though if they would just say, hey, look, Grizzly, i tell you what. No recording, no audio. I will talk to you, but you never say my name. I'll tell you some stories. I'll be down with that. I would be more oh, yeah. than happy with that. I'm all ears. But once again, you know, you're talking ridicule. You're talking retirement. You're talking pension. You're talking, you know, your rank, if you have any, you know, your, I mean, jobs, you know, uh, I have on my administrative team and some of my Facebook groups, I have Ron Moorhead, I have state police, I have first responders, I have, I have a good group of people and a lot of people uh, that are in my groups will not respond or add comments because of their, their profession. So I have it to where they can add comments anonymously so they don't know who they are right so they're not worried about hey i'm a state trooper out of the state and i saw bigfoot run across and then got hit by this vehicle ladies and gentlemen so now i can report it but now nobody knows who i am so now they had that opportunity so i i give them that opportunity in my groups to report stuff like that and uh and it does help and it does help them i messed up with mike doing that trying to be funny but you know, it does. Thank you, John. I do. Uh, I appreciate my 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 gray uh, looks fits me perfectly. Thank you, John. Uh, but I do give people that opportunity. But it's people in these groups, Mr. Murphy, in these Facebook groups, in these communities, right? That let's say that you're out there in the woods and you got pictures of, a, say, alleged Bigfoot in there. And every time somebody sees pictures or, you know, you know Oh, God, here comes Mr. Murphy, and here's another blob squab. You know, it's all fuzzy and blurry. You know, oh, here's another one. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, it's hard to get a picture. You know, they somehow the camera malfunctions. They drain batteries. You know, they know where the trail cams are. I don't know what to say. You know, I mean... I mean, I've got five, $6,000 cameras, you know, uh, people got expensive cameras and I've seen people with a $20 camera get good pictures. Now explain that. I know people are going back using old technology like the Patterson and Gilbert film, you know, that are buying the old antique cameras that has no electronics. So, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, what do you think about cameras and technology and how they interfere with that? I mean, what's your take? Well, like I said before, my, my experience level is still pretty low, so I, I'd hate to, to comment on that because I really don't know much about it yet. Um, just getting started, most of what I've done so far um, has just been with, with my eye, you know, investigating myself, you know, and, and um, Don kind of showing me what to look for and explaining the things that, that I found that couldn't explain things like that, so I, I haven't. I haven't got that far into it yet. I haven't dealt with the cameras much, so I, I just I can't really um, can't really comment on that. Now, what do you think about other people's stories? I mean, you hear these all these years, right? That people encounter these creatures, you know, across the country, across the state, across the world. You know, is it real? I mean, you're out there. What is your take? Well, I, I think I think we ought to start out addressing the, the, the most simplistic part of that. But I, I think it would be the most elaborate scheme in history if all those people from all over the world somehow managed to, to make up the same story. Right. Uh, that that's that's flat out the, the most basic point of view on it. Um, and like I said, I've, I've just seen things that, um, are unexplainable to the point where I have a hard time disbelieving anybody. If somebody looks at me, I mean, you, you, 
Don, for instance, you can't talk to Don for five seconds and not believe that that man will stand and die for the truth of everything he tells you. He would stand there against any ridicule, against any, I mean, doesn't matter. You could cut that man's feet off and he'd tell you the same story. He never changed his story because he believes that, that you can't tell me that that's made up. People don't have, they don't have that kind of, um, I'm having a brain fart. I can't think of the passion, but, what I call it. Yes, for, for a lot. You can't you, you can't stand up that hard for, for something that's not true or, or that you don't at least believe with your whole heart. And there's too many people like that for me to, to be able to sit and tell somebody, oh, no, you're you're a liar. I, I couldn't do that because I don't know. Um, you know, I I believe there probably are some liars out there. Absolutely. Uh, I also believe that that you know, well, like I said, you, you can't talk to you can't talk to Don for two seconds and not know for a fact that he believes with his whole heart everything he tells you. You know, it, he's not he's not making it up. And and, and um, I've met a lot of people that that told stories of things that I can't explain or that I haven't seen, but their conviction tells me that I would be a fool to not just dismiss it you know well you actually been in the woods you actually seen things and been like my god what has done this you even said a human you are six four wear a boot 15 size you know size boots 15 ladies and gentlemen yes that's what size his boots suit shoe sizes 15 he's six four you ought to see his picture in the ad okay He's not a little guy. So, I mean, he's got some strength. And when he tells you he sees boulders, rocks stacked up as a pyramid, and sees trees twisted and bent that he cannot even do, and now he's seeing signs that he's being taught that he doesn't recognize that humans cannot do, I mean, how can you explain that? I mean, you can't. I mean, something is out there doing this. I mean... I mean, what, I mean, what, somebody's out there all across the country and world leaving these footprints that you're following and leaving these markers and trails? I mean, come on, really? Like I said, it'd be the most elaborate scheme I've ever heard of. Yeah, that's a lot of little Johnny's drunk in an ape suit going around, you know, because in Indiana, ladies and gentlemen, they have a lot of guns. And so do Kentucky. And you do not want to mess with anybody out in the woods playing jokes in an ape suit, especially when they're investigating. I assure you of that. Uh, because uh, they, yeah, see, I told you, you heard it from Mr. Murphy. But, uh, man, I tell you what, uh, I thank the world of you all and I uh, wish you the best. I want you to stay in contact. Uh, he's with Don Wadner with Western Bigfoot Paranormal uh, Investigations, LLC. Uh, I can't wait to see more evidence coming from you. Uh, stay in contact. Let me know what's going on and how things are going. I, I can't wait uh, to hear uh, what is up in that area because that sounds like you got some fantastic things that's going to happen, uh, especially when that untouched area, you know. Uh, if you don't mind, hang around backstage for a second. Uh, you, would you like to say anything else before I let you go to the audience? Uh, just thank you for having me on, man. I've, I've had a blast. Um, I Like I said, I live out in the middle of nowhere, so I'm actually sitting in my truck in town because it's the only place I can get cell service. Um, so I, I appreciate you putting up with that. I know the, the quality isn't great or anything, but I, I do literally live in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere, and there is no such thing as cell phone service there. So, <laughs> but, but so that's why I'm sitting in the truck. But it's it's been a pleasure. I've really had a good time and, and uh, enjoy talking to you. Right on, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Murphy. Uh, everybody, uh, this is Grizzly on the hunt from around the world and coast to coast. Uh, good afternoon, and I will see you this evening on the rest of my shows. Take care and God bless.
It's a grizzly. Should we get out of here? No. We're gonna watch and listen. It's a grizzly. Oh, ship, should we run? <laughs> no. Action. It's a grizzly. Oh, should we run? <laughs> okay. It's a grizzly. Are you sure it's not a chipmunk? It's a grizzly. Huh. Maybe it is a chipmunk. It's a grizzly. Are we gonna die? I don't know. We're just gonna sit here and listen and watch. Let's get out of here, maybe. Oh! <laughs>